This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Aaron Brightman. Welcome back to the On The Banks Podcast, episode 101. I'm your host, Aaron Brightman, managing editor of the site. Thanks so much for being back. It's an exciting time here, uh, entering mid-August. Now, fall sports rapidly approaching. All our uh, Rutgers fall sports teams are now in training camp. Rutgers football started last week. Full coverage for you on the site at On The Banks. Uh, our Greg Pertuto is uh, at practices and uh, at press conferences, uh, myself at times as well. So we're really trying to, and we have a really um, new group of contributors that are uh, really trying to cover every angle of football that we can. In addition, field hockey, women's uh, volleyball, and uh, women's soccer are all underway at training camp as well. We'll have, have an interview coming up soon with uh, head coach Mike O'Neill for women's soccer. We're going to touch base with head coach Meredith Civico with field hockey as well. We could have her best team ever here at Rutgers this fall. And then with volleyball, uh, head coach uh, Caitlin Schweighofer, a tremendous first season, looking to build off that this fall. But this episode, we're going to dedicate to Rutgers men's soccer. Head coach Jim McKeldry entering his third season at Rutgers. This past spring was his second year after fall postponement due to COVID. Really made a lot of progress, a 4-4 and uh, one record, tied for the most wins for the program since joining the Big Ten beat Maryland for the first time as members of the Big Ten, lost a heartbreaker, shootout to them in the Big Ten tournament, but really took a step forward last season. Uh, the emergence of Oren Asher in the net, uh, you had a, a legitimate top uh, top Big Ten scorer in Richie Barry, and he's only added to the roster this past offseason, adding 10 players, seven freshmen, three transfers, with a very, very solid returning core. So I'm very excited about the men's soccer team heading into this fall. Full slate of games, uh, non-conference as well. So wanted to take the opportunity to speak to him. His training camp is underway now for his program as well. And now we welcome in head coach Jim McKeldry. It is my pleasure to now welcome in Rutgers men's soccer head coach Jim McKeldry, ahead of entering his third season on the Banks. Coach, thanks so much for being here. Aaron, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, love being on the show. So obviously, uh, since we last talked a little over a year ago, a lot has happened, uh, obviously, in the world with COVID. The fall season was ultimately postponed. Uh, you ended up playing this past spring. Now you're getting ready for your third camp, headed into your third season this week. Wanted to ask just what the process has been like, you know, having that fall season postponed, dealing with the waiting period, getting your team ready for a season last spring and, and still being able to make the progress that you did. Yeah, I think with everybody had such a crazy year, uh, not just in the sports world. It's just been a, a tough, uh, tough go for a lot of people. So I think for, you know, as we headed into camp last fall, but it was in August, you know, our first day of practice was the day we were informed that we weren't going to have a fall season. So it was a tough day for, for the players, but we're really lucky in, in a lot of ways. Being at Rutgers, I, I fully appreciate how supportive they've been over the year. So we were um, as disappointed as we were. We were very lucky that our players all stayed in the fall. We trained every day. We obviously didn't have any matches outside of, you know, amongst ourselves, inner squad type things. But it was a, a really good time for our players to, to grow a little bit. Also to just appreciate playing the game that, you know, we were informed so quickly it could be taken away. So the, the fall was an enjoyable time, as difficult as it was, masks, a lot of testing, 
social distancing, all that stuff, which normal, you know, college kids are not no, uh, used to that type of thing. So that was challenging. But being on the field was just a lot of fun for the players. And it allowed us to get the group together. And, and, and again, just enjoy being around each other and uh, appreciate what we have here at Rutgers because the support has been amazing. And then, you know, as we were waiting over the winter and hoping, uh, eventually we ended up having a season uh, shortened and only conference only. But again, uh, appreciative to even have that. And I think when you're in the Big Ten, there's no easy game. So, you know, you jump right into that quickly. We played, uh, you know, eight regular season games. We ended the, the season four and four and then, you know, had some good wins in there, beating Maryland and beating Michigan State and uh, Wisconsin and Northwestern. It was good for our players to start realizing, um, hey, we're making some really good strides here. We're beating some very good teams. And then disappointed to lose on penalties to Maryland in our conference playoffs uh, and then you know, disappointed to be just on the outside of the NCAA tournament. I mean, we, we had the, the same record as uh, as Maryland and um, had beaten them earlier in the season and then tied them in the uh, conference playoffs. They got an at-large bid. We were just on the outside looking in. But again, a good lesson for our guys that uh, you got to win as many games as you possibly can. Every moment counts. But I'm really excited for the future of this group. Uh, as you mentioned at the beginning, you know, the beginning our third year, but it almost feels like our second year with COVID almost being just such a, a difficult time, but really excited for this group coming in in the fall. With that progress that was made, you know, coming off an uncharacteristic spring season, how has it been to deal with the, the short turnaround to now prepare for another season, literally just a handful of months since you just finished? And I guess what are the challenges, but also the benefits of, of having that uh, uniqueness in terms of the turnaround time? Yeah, it is funny. I think uh, for the players, for even the coaching staff, administrators, everybody, all of a sudden it's a quick turnaround and, and we're right back in it. But I think for the players, um, it's an exciting time. Their summers were not the same as normal summers. Uh, a lot of these guys couldn't get maybe the, the jobs that they normally would be getting over the summer, even some of their opportunities to play on summer league teams. Some did, but it wasn't the same as normal. So our guys are hungry to get back. I think the that was shown by we had about 20 guys, you know, volunteer to come back for the last three weeks on their own training with our strength coach. I think we had at one point 24 guys here out of our roster of 30 players that uh, volunteered to come back, work every day with our strength coach and and then play on their own at night. We're not allowed to coach them during the summer, but it was really uh, nice for our, our staff to see that we have so many players that just want to get back here and get to know the new guys and and really get us moving in the right direction quickly. And in soccer, it's a lot different than some other sports in that we only have a two-week preseason and our first game comes. So having guys come back on their own for the past three, four weeks gives them a better base fitness-wise, camaraderie-wise, everything. So we'll we'll be able to move forward quickly as we get into our real practices next week. And I think that really speaks to the culture that you've built in a very uh, short period of time. You know, going into your third season, you really do have a veteran core back that you've been able to establish. The super senior rule helped, obviously, with, with, with Vince Borden back. How has it helped in terms of establishing that stability, even when we're really in unstable times and the uncertainty of even if you're going to be able to play, but now having this kind of group that's been together for a while now understands what you want from them being able to go now and hit the ground running uh, this, this season. Yeah, I think it's vital for us. I think, you know, a couple of years ago, we brought in some new players. There's been transfers and you bring in some new blood. And now some of those guys are, are the older side of it. So, you know, we really kind of think of our group right now as, 
you know, the freshmen and sophomores, and then you've got your juniors and seniors. And then you add in someone like Vince, who's kind of a, he's a grad student this year. He graduated officially in, in May and will start grad school in the fall. But we really kind of split our group almost in half. You know, we have juniors and seniors who now have been here for a while. They have a lot of experience. They've played a lot. I think they appreciate being at Rutgers. They understand uh, the opportunities that are presented in front of them, the facilities that the school has uh, allowed our players to now really experience um you know, Pat and his staff have done an amazing job to give all our players that love of coming back here. So uh, I think we've worked hard to try to get the right kids here to, to really try to vet the personalities and the, and the quality of kids that we have here. We feel really good about that. And our juniors and seniors will have a lot of responsibilities to help our younger guys acclimate and, um, and also appreciate what they have here. We, you know, we talk a lot about, we have a lot of great uh, history here at Rutgers that we really try to talk about and, and make sure our players know about. And then there's the other side of, Hey, but you've got to write your own history now. So let's, um, you know, let's use that, that kind of players and the success they had in the past and especially in the nineties and Hey, how do we kind of push that to, to our group? And uh, I think our juniors and seniors have really bought into that. And I'm excited for them to, to really take the lead with this group. Obviously the coaching staff is the same that we had last year. So that's an exciting thing for me as well to bring back a lot of continuity. But I think the juniors and seniors of our team, again, are going to be the real main group that push uh, push our team. It's not going to be one or two of them. I think it's going to be all of them. And, uh, and that's an exciting thing for us because I feel like we've got a really good group of juniors and seniors. So talking about that veteran core, you know, you have Richie Barry back who was transferred from St. Joe's. I, I know you knew him when you were at Fordham. You know, he really brought, you know, high level in terms of scoring, you know, real, a true Big Ten tough late scorer. He had Jackson Temple back. I can't believe he's a junior already. And, uh, you know, with Pablo Avila, you know, how has the offense evolved in terms of where you want it to be with your vision and, and how much farther do you think it can evolve this season? Yeah, I think that's a good word is, is the evolving of our group. Uh, I think somebody like Richie came in and, and I knew he was a good player, as you mentioned. I'd known him before, but you just you're not sure exactly, you know, how they're going to acclimate to the big 10 and, and, and even just a new environment, a new culture. He's done a great job with that. Richie works really hard on his game individually, but also um, just wants the team to be successful. Uh, Jackson was a little unlucky uh, in the, in our spring season where he missed the majority of the, the end of the season with a, a knee injury. He didn't have to have surgery. He's back. He, he's fully healthy. Now I think we'll also, find that we're trying to push someone like Pablo Avila. He was played a little bit deeper because of injuries and, and guys being out. He played a little deeper in the midfield a lot in the spring, but we need him to get closer to the goal. He's somebody who, who could do some different things in the final third, uh, not just scoring himself like he did his first year. I think he scored six goals his first year, but also helping other players score. So we want to get him closer to goal. I think somebody like a Chris Teo, who we have so much, um, uh, expectation for, but he's been really unlucky with kind of quirky injuries. He's now healthy and uh, we feel like him, uh, he, he helped us create a lot his freshman year and we hope he can do the same. And there's a whole long list of guys like Tommy Divizio, who's a, a senior, a guy like Nick Cruz played almost every minute for us last year in the spring, really stepped up, played a couple of different positions for us. So we really feel the depth of this group is the best it's, it's maybe ever been. And uh, I think it's something that we have to embrace and we're going to play a good amount of players. There's going to be a lot of competition for playing time, but more, more than that is I think we're going to have a lot of guys that can contribute to the success of this group. We're not going to rely on one player. I think we've got a lot of guys that can really help us. So you've added three transfers into the mix uh, with that veteran core. Uh, yes, you just officially signed Avi Olmos uh, from Florida International recently. 
and then you have two other transfers as well. How, how do you go about, you know, knowing you have such a strong veteran core, acclimating those three and, and does it kind of play into your mindset of, you know, determining who's a good fit with, with the core that you currently have? Yeah, I think that's a, that's always a big challenge. I think, um, you know, especially uh, Jason and Jace, uh, we've known those guys because they're local products here from New Jersey. So we've known them. And, you know, Jace went to Penn State, was a, again, was injured. So he missed the majority of the season. So we're, we're looking forward to him kind of having a fresh start. Jason down at American University had a great first year for them, played a couple of different positions. And he's a guy that I think, um, you know, brings a real passion for the game. He's got some real good technical ability. Uh, he's hungry to, to be successful. So I think those guys are really, you know, local guys that that uh, that we want here. And uh, and we've got a lot of good New Jersey players on our roster. It's something that our staff has has really put a ton of time in, especially during COVID with Zoom calls, and virtual visits. We've really pushed our our New Jersey connections and um, and really trying to show people what the Rutgers and the, and the facilities and being in the Big Ten is all about. And I think it's you're going to see some some really good New Jersey players. And then Xavi coming from FIU. Again, such a, Aaron, as you said, it's a weird time with these guys that all have an extra year of eligibility. You know, he's a guy that has a lot of experience. He can play a couple of different positions. So we just felt adding in another guy who has played in college already. So even though he's an international student, he's been here for, for two and a half years or so. So I, I think we're going to you know ask him to, to be a leader on the field. You know, he's been in some big games down at FIU. The, the coaches that are there now were different than when he was there in terms of that recruited him and, and we know them very well. And he just comes with the uh, rave reviews as a person and as, as a guy that'll do whatever is necessary to be successful as a team. So uh, we think those guys are also good personalities for us, never mind being good, good soccer players and technically good and, um, and bring some college experience too to, uh, to the, to the team. And, and it's always good having guys that, that are joining your group excited. You know, that's kind of my whole, kind of recruiting spiel. Hey, we want guys that want to be here. And we want people who, when they decide to come to Rutgers, they're excited to tell their mom or their dad or their girlfriend or their brother or their sister. And these guys are excited to be here. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to them kind of, you know, fitting into the group well. So you also signed uh, seven seven uh, freshmen uh, that will be part of the team. Five are from New Jersey. Uh, seemed like a big focus on players that have experience playing at academies. Three Three players from the Red Bull Academy. You know, how does that help in terms of their readiness, uh, being able to jump in and, uh, you know, potentially contribute from day one? Yeah, I think all those guys, all the guys that we've recruited is a lot of academy guys. But then you look at there's a, a bunch of the guys that have played in MLS academies and, you know, talking with their coaches and, and people who are around them all the time. We're trying to find guys that um, certainly have ability and compete, can compete in the Big Ten athletically. But we also want guys that are driven, that are trying to get better all the time. And and these guys are, are again, are guys that, you know, you talk to coaches and they just love these guys. You look at uh, Matty Acosta and, and Joey and Nico, all from the Red Bull Academy. They're guys, these guys work hard. They train hard. They've played a ton of games for that academy. You know, Nico was a little unlucky with an injury, so it kind of slowed him down this year. But Matty and Joey end up getting a lot of playing time with Red Bull too, which is a, a very high standard, as you know. And you know, they, they, they played uh, last week uh, in a game in California against Sacramento, playing against one of our old alums, Mitch Tainter, was playing in the game. And, uh, you know, those guys just started and played 90 minutes. So we're, we're really excited about those guys coming in. And, and there's a couple of other guys, you know, coming in from New Jersey that we're, we also think have big upsides. And, 
you know, we look forward to them kind of joining the group. And then there's a couple of guys from outside that, that area in, in Aiden coming from Portland. Aiden's a top level student. He's a, an academic scholarship guy here at, at, uh, at Rutgers and plays for the Portland Timbers Academy. So there's a lot of excitement for him to, to come in here as well and, um, and bring a different perspective. So we concentrated a lot on recruiting New Jersey players, a guy like Ari Echeverry in goal as well who we think can come in and have a, a, a good impact. Brian Keating, again, from New Jersey as well. These guys are, are, are people we put a lot of time into. We know them personally, and uh, we really think not only are they good right now, but they, they can get better, and uh, that's exciting for us as a staff. One player I think that really uh, you know, stepped up last season and kind of became a star for you is Oren Asher in goal. Uh, what has his development meant to the progress made by the program, and uh, what are your expectations for him going into his third season now? Yeah, for sure. You know, if you look at some of our players last year and you got someone like Hugo Le Guenic, um, who who played really well in front of him as a as a center back and Tommy Divizio and Nick Cruz, you know, a lot of a lot of the guys that really kind of you know stepped up and did well. But Oren's development, I think just even settling into being in college, settling to be in the States from his first year in 2019 to this next year during our, the COVID year. He's just a guy that's, I think, enjoying his soccer more. He's enjoying training. Um, he's taken more of a leadership role and just leading by example. You know, I thought there were some games this year, this past spring, you know, where he was the best player on the field, the most impactful player on the field. I mean, we had multiple coaches come up to us after games and say, man, like he was, you know, he made a difference in the game from the minute it started till it ended, whether it was his distribution, whether it was a shot stopping, whether it was just his ability to make a big play in a big moment. So he's really come a, um, I don't want to say a long way because he was very good when he got here, but he's really made some good strides in terms of his leadership and just being someone who has made our whole team better by his play, but also by his ability to just lead by example. And uh, we have high expectations for him to even continue to get better, to even continue to work on his game. And uh, I think he's a guy who could play at the next level. Um, and, and really uh, uh, show everybody that um, he's not only a good kind of college player, he could play at the next level too. So, um, you know, I think uh, a lot of our players made some good impacts on people this year saying, hey, that, that Rutgers team, uh, you know, is, is not only getting better, but also have some real quality players. And, and I'm happy that they're kind of getting looked at that way. So as the talent uh, increases within the program, one thing I think that's been a, a staple or kind of really stood out about your team uh, has been how hard they play, uh, you know, r really just outworking teams while they might not have been the most talented team versus their opponent. You know, I thought that Maryland game in the Big Ten tournament, you really were out playing them for most of the game. How, how do you come up with a balance in terms of being able to play hard, play aggressive, but also, um, you know, being able to, to kind of learn from mistakes last season? You know, there were a couple of games you played shorthanded due to red cards, um, but not lose that kind of aggressiveness that you want from them. Yeah, I think it's a good point, and it's and it's something you're always balancing, right? And in every sport, right, you almost want to be kind of teetering on the edge because you want your guys hungry and competitive and and fearless. And uh, and I think sometimes not only uh, the men's soccer team at Rutgers, but I think as you join a big conference and and we've been here now whatever five six years, there still is that kind of fighting for respect, whether that's you know the football team or our team or basketball, and they get over it. And we're the same. Um, you know, when I took the job here a couple of years ago, uh, you know, uh, talking to alums, that was something that 
Um, you know, I promised the alums, listen, we, we're not going to get outworked. You're, you're not going to come watch us play and say, man, they really didn't put an effort. And that's just not going to happen. And I think it doesn't always go beautifully all the time, as you know. But um, but yeah, can the competitiveness be there? Can the belief be there? Can the confidence in each other, the trust in each other that needs to be there? You don't always win, unfortunately, but I think that has to be there. And, I, you know, you look at um, there are some games this year that we would love to go back and and a couple of moments, but it wasn't because of lack of effort. Maybe it was a technical mistake or something, or, or maybe the other team you're playing against had an excellent player. But I think, um, you know, we're going to continue to have that mentality that we need to compete and fight and scratch all the time to be successful. Uh, we want to play nice soccer. We want to have the ball more than the other team. We're going to play out of the back a lot. I want people coming to our games and thinking, hey, there's some good players and they play a good style. But we certainly want them understanding, hey, it, it takes competitiveness and effort and attitude to compete. I mean, listen, we're playing against teams that, uh, again, this year, you know, one of our conference opponents is in the national final. So you don't have to sell that to our players that we're playing good teams. They know, they see it all the time. So, um, but that's why they've come here. They want to play with really good players, but they also want to play against the best players. So our conference is never going to be easy. Uh, you're always going to be in for a tough battle in every single game, home, away, doesn't matter. Uh, we know that. Um, that's why I love being in the conference because you know those games are going to be challenging at all times. So, uh, but we do think now we've got um, a deeper group. If we uh, occur some injuries, like we always do, any team does, we have guys that are going to be ready to step in and can keep the standard uh, higher, uh, high, um, but also different. So I think we're really excited about that dynamic of our group. So now having the opportunity to play non-conference opponents again. Uh, to get you ready for that Big Ten season, it really seems like you did. Um, you know, your exhibition schedule, I think, is is pretty challenging as well. St. John's, Fordham, and Syracuse. Uh, what was your philosophy there, just in terms of challenging your your guys early on to get them ready to go uh, at the end of August, at the start of the season? Yeah, I think it's nice. Um, you know, when we were here in 2019, um, you know, I kind of inherited a lot of away games. We were on the road an awful lot. It was really challenging for our guys. I think now we get a little bit of of, uh, of the reward for that, that we've got a lot more home games. I think we have 10 um, regular season home games, and then we've got our three preseason games at home. You know, I want our guys to be able to play on Eurosac as much as possible. It's a beautiful venue. I think uh, getting some good teams in here, but also knowing the other team's coaches um, was important to me. I know Coach Mazur, obviously, and Carlo um, down at, at Fordham. I've, I've known since he was probably 16 years old, and uh, – and then Macker and I are, are, are long friends and worked together at Fairfield many, many years ago. So that's part of it, too. You want people you trust. You guys are they're there for the right reasons during preseason to work on your game, to get better. Of course, you want to win your preseason games, but that's not the ultimate goal of that of that day. Right. We're trying to see where we are, how we're progressing, how we can play against different styles. And we want to play good teams. And then as you look at our regular season uh, non-conference schedule, some of those games are, are games that you know, we had played away and now they're returning those games. A couple of new opponents, somebody like Princeton, which hasn't been on the schedule for a while. I have a lot of respect for Jimmy Barlow. They're right down the road. I think we should be playing Princeton every year uh, if we can. So we're going to try to keep that going. UConn, we're playing up there. They'll come down to us in 2022, I guess. So yeah, we're, we think um, our conference schedule gets us, our non-conference schedule gets us some home games so we can play in front of our fans and also, um, and also test us in some different ways. Well, for someone that grew up uh, going to Rutgers Princeton soccer games, I was very happy uh, with your philosophy <laughs> and getting them back on. And uh, 
I think that's just such a great rivalry game across multiple sports, but but definitely men's soccer. There's been some great battles over the years. Just in terms of your overall experience now, you know, being in the athletic department, you talked about previously just how everyone has expectations across the board. What has it been like just camaraderie wise, you know, talking to other coaches within Rutgers, the support that everyone has, it just in talking to, to so many different coaches right now, it seems that there really is everyone excited together, supporting each other uh, in terms of elevating the department as a whole. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I think on the, the first thing as I always talk about is our administration. I think Pat does an amazing job. Obviously Sarah moving down to, to Texas uh, was a was a tough pill to sp- swallow because she's so good and uh, she'll be missed here greatly for sure. But a lot of trust in all the the people we have in administration, and, and I obviously deal with Matt Giovanni well. He's very involved with my team. You know, he's kind of my sports supervisor, and uh, you know we talk you know daily. So on the administrative side, we have so much support, especially during COVID. I think you see it even more because there was a lot of challenges, but. It was all about what made the the lives of our student athletes better. So I think that uh, a lot of places talk that, but some don't really live it. And and I think um, we were shown during this time that that we've been living that. So and in terms of coaches, yeah, I think one of the things that's nice is the new kind of facilities allows um, all the coaches places to go. Right, so you can go into the to the APC and you're going to run into women's basketball and wrestling and and men's basketball and gymnastics, and you can kind of check in with, with those kind of teams. You can watch them practice, even if you're not spending a lot of time with the coaches, because they're obviously coaching their teams, you're seeing what the other athletes and the other coaches are doing. It motivates people. I think there is a real feel among the coaches here that not only is everybody going to do well, they should do well, right? That's kind of the expectation. And uh, it's not easy you know, when you're in the big 10, there's everybody has those same goals. Uh, but, uh, you know, our new kind of building that we're in, the Rockin', is is amazing. And the fact that we're we're right next door to women's soccer and men's lacrosse and women's lacrosse. And then we're also going to have a lot of coaches using that building for obviously study hall and things for their student athletes. There's just a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities to rub shoulders with all the other coaches. So it's an exciting time to be at Rutgers as a coach, never mind a student athlete. And I do think there is that feeling everywhere that, hey, uh, if you work hard and you put the time in, good athletes and good kids are going to come here and and we're going to be successful in all sports. And just a couple more for you, coach, just wanted to ask, you know, going into this season, obviously, you know, COVID is still part of our everyday lives, um, you know, in the Delta variant right now, Uh, how how much will you, and and kind of, are you concerned just in terms of potentially, you know, uh, affecting the season again? And do you think that your team actually is better prepared this time? in terms of how to handle it and now having the Rodkin Center as kind of a home base as you obviously want to, um, you know, handle things as best as possible to have a successful season. Yeah, I think uh, there's no guarantees. I think that's what we've learned, that there, there are no guarantees going forward. We don't really know um, what the future holds. I, I think what our players have understood is the only thing they can control is what they're doing and how they interact with other people, how they take care of themselves. And I think they've learned a lot over this last 18 months, we all have. So as of now, we're, we're approaching our season as, um, you know, we'll, we'll be wearing masks a lot, you know, whether it's indoors or in, in uh, meetings and things like that. But honestly, the players get used to that stuff and they just kind of get over it. Uh, they, they, they're almost kind of expecting it. So uh, if that allows us to have a normal-ish season, then it's an easy sacrifice to make. So 
I don't expect many issues with that. I think our players have all bought into that. They All they want to do is try to get back to going to school, seeing their friends, playing the sport they want to uh, be successful at. So I don't really see any issues with with our players buying into anything that changes as we go. So, But I think there is a real appreciation for having the ability to play. We're going to take every game like it's our last type game and, and enjoy it. And um, hopefully, uh, you know, people do the right things and make good decisions. And, you know, we can kind of have close to a normal season as possible. But if anything, what we've learned, uh, you know, there's no guarantee. So enjoy every moment. Enjoy every training session. Look after each other. Take care of each other. And I think our players understand those things. So, um, you know, we're excited about, uh, you know, their attitudes coming in on it. And last question, just in terms of you now, uh, this is your third season. Uh, you spoke about, you know, all the challenges, but all the um, progress made, you know, in terms of your vision of where you hoped the program would be uh, going into your third season and, and really what your goals and expectations are for this team this fall. I'm really excited about our roster. I think one of the things that we talked about from day one was we need more depth. We need more players that are at a similar level and not just having six or seven good players. I think every team in the country can have six or seven good players, but the chance of having those six or seven players play every single minute of every game is, is almost zero. So we needed to be able to extend our roster, have more depth, have more competition for places. And we're miles ahead of where we were in that area from two years ago when uh, in 2019, we were playing that, that first season here. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Our, our expectations, you know, I think we always want to be, um, you know, we made a good step this year being in kind of finishing fifth in our conference tournament. We always want to be in that top half of the conference. We want to win all of our non-conference games when possible, because if you do those two things, you give yourself a chance to be in the NCAA tournament. You know, I think the disappointing thing for this past uh, spring, I think if we had a, a somewhat kind of normal out of conference, um, we're probably in the NCAA tournament and, and uh, you know, challenging ourselves uh, against some other teams and see if we can advance. So, that's ultimately the goal is for this group is can you put yourself in a position to win your non-conference games, to put yourself in the top half of your conference, hosting a conference tournament game, give yourself a chance to win the, the Big Ten tournament and, and, and ultimately be in the NCAA tournament. So I think those are, are, are always going to be our goals. And, and even two years ago, those were our goals. But I do think our roster now uh, and the belief that our players have that, you know, we're not relying on one or two players throughout the season. We have a ton of guys that we feel can compete at the at the NCAA tournament level. And uh, now it's just about going out and, and training hard and buying into each other and buying into what uh, what we want to do as a group. Uh, but I feel really good about the culture of this group. Uh, we've worked really hard to get the right guys here and um, and not just guys uh, from far away. Uh, we have a lot of New Jersey guys. You know, I want to say it's it's 15 guys maybe right now, 14 or 15 guys on our roster from New Jersey. So um, I, I love that kind of feel to the group. They're excited to represent Rutgers. And um, and then I feel we have some other guys that uh, that really are here to uh, to help us achieve those goals as well. So I think it's an exciting group that we have coming in. You know, I'm, I'm happy for team for hopefully we'll get some some fans here that can see the games and really appreciate some of the players we have local and and uh, and a little bit farther away. I, I think it's going to be a fun team to watch. And, uh, and again, as you said, we're always going to be a competitive bunch. We're always going to be fighting and scrapping. That's, uh, you know, that's non-negotiable. So uh, I think our guys are excited about that. They want to do the same. So I don't even have to push that vibe. It's, it's really in the group already. So, you know, really excited about the group and, and where we're headed.
Rutgers men's soccer head coach, Jim McKeldry. Coach, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck this season, and uh, we'll be following you and excited uh, for the progress you make this this season. No, I appreciate the time, and uh, hope we'll see you at a training session one of these days, and uh, you can see these guys firsthand. Thanks again. Thanks again to head coach Jim McKeldry for joining us. Like I said, a lot to be excited about with Rutgers men's soccer. Appreciate all his insight on the roster and, and how his uh, build with the program has gone. Uh, really excited about both this season and the long-term future with him as head coach. And uh, they'll be underway the last weekend of August. They open up at your sack field against Delaware. Fans are able to attend. So hopefully they'll get a good turnout. And they do have the majority of their slate at home this season. So we'll be covering them as always. Hopefully you can get to a game and see them live in action. Thanks so much for listening. We'll have full coverage of all the fall sports teams, uh, as well as any other news that comes up with, with other teams. We'll start to get into men's basketball soon as well after having head coach Steve Peichel on episode 100. Lots to be excited about about Rutgers sports in general heading into this fall after last year. Find all your coverage for Rutgers sports here at On The Banks. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.